Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Rachel Quintet. Um, she is also the podcast host of The Rachel Show. Um, she's a business coach, real estate entrepreneur, investor, wide sports mom, spent the last two decades scaling business, getting into rooms that exposed her to new levels, building multiple streams of income, and helping others do the same. Super excited about this episode. It's another one of these great guests that I met at my buddy George Bryant's event. You're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham. Today, I have with me special guest, Raquel. How do you say your last name again? Because I want to make sure I say it Quinette. right. Quinette. Now, we met at our good friend George Bryant's event back in March, um, which was a pretty cool, fun thing. But for people that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background, what you're doing, and uh, what's, your, what's your mission right now? So a little bit about my background is I started my first um, business in real estate at the age of 19 with no degree, I say, and no experience. And I got my real estate license to become an investor and later quickly found out how I fell in love with real estate and helping buyers and sellers and clients. Uh, we did that uh, in Northern California. And then that gave us an opportunity to open up a mortgage company. And then as soon as I had got married and uh, had my first child, I decided to uh, go to Arizona and um, not having a real estate business, but actually got recruited into the corporate world. So had two businesses kind of exited out of those. And we sold those to move to Arizona where we didn't know anybody. I took on a CEO role for the largest uh, real estate brokerage at the time in a recession. So that taught me a lot, not only um, in business, but leadership skills, how to navigate through recession, how to navigate people through some of the hardest times. And then uh, we took that failing brokerage uh, to one of the top 10 brokerages in nice. the country. And what ended up happening after that, that opened up a lot of opportunities. So I started my next real estate business in Arizona. And, and the reason why we got to Arizona is because we were investing in Nevada and Arizona. And so we went to Arizona, we built our, what we thought was our dream home and that, you know, after playing that CEO role, I decided to do, take a step back to really focus on the family. And I started my next real estate team in Arizona. We took that into being one of the top four in the country, as far as our brokerages went um, internationally. Mm -hmm. And that led us to taking our real estate team and open and expanding it into 23 different markets. That led me to startups, uh, which I got to consult for some of the biggest companies um, in the real estate when it came to technology. We call it prop tech. And just seeing it from an agent's perspective, seeing it from a leadership and a brokerage uh, perspective, and how technology was going to change the game on how we do business in the industry. That led me to the digital world, which uh, today I coach not only real estate agents, brokerages, but online coaches on how to scale their business to that multiple six, seven, and now eight figure mark. 
Nice. So that's a lot. So you started out and you're like, I'm going to be in real estate. And now you're at the point where you've been a CEO and now you're helping businesses scale six, seven, eight figures. Mm-hmm. How long, like with that journey, I know there had been a bunch of different things that happened along the way. Did you just like, because you were building the real estate and then you got into digital, fall in love with like the coaching aspect? Or how did you go from being a CEO to coaching CEOs for lack of a better question? Yeah. So when the recession happened and I became um, the CEO, you actually had to coach people on how to keep their business afloat in a time of, you know, when people were losing their homes, there was a big foreclosure market across the country, not just, it wasn't isolated just to Arizona. So I learned my skills on how to coach agents at that time. Then, you know, going in, having different offices and flying across the country into 23 different cities, you learn more about business and you learn more about your key leaders on how do I lead them and get them to hit goals when I'm not in their office. So I call that remote leadership and creating results as far as even remotely when you're not there. So that kind of just led me into coaching CEOs. I obviously learned um, a lot about business. I learned, uh, different things by accident. Some of them, Mm -hmm. you know, because you can't always read everything out of a book, but I went ahead and, you know, that's how I kind of fell into how do I coach people? And when the pandemic hit, I would probably say it wasn't our coaching business was not on the radar when the pandemic hit is when we actually birthed the coaching business because people had reached out to us and said, you've been leading people from across, you know, remotely on zoom. Mm-hmm. And now we have to go on, on zoom. So how do I, how do I do that? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So like, it was like a need showed up and you had to pivot because of the pandemic and it just opened up a new business and now you're doing events and other stuff like that. Um, a lot of the people that listen to this show, it's called 150K Podcast. They're trying to get to what we call step one, you know, breaking that six figure barrier so they can start to dream, build and do what they're doing. So for new entrepreneurs, sales coaches, people like that, what types or what tips would you give them when they're just starting out, like say their coaching business or their business or anything like that? Number one is having clarity of what the vision is. And is it going to be a business or is it going to be something for fun or something as a side hustle, or is it going to be a hobby? Like, it'd be cool that we make some extra money while I've got this corporate business, or if I've made the decision to say, Hey, I'm going to start this business. You know, what does that vision really look like? I think a lot of times we start businesses and we don't have clarity. So we don't know what do we need to Google? Which mastermind do we need to join? Which type of coach do we need to hire? Because we don't, we aren't really clear. So in one, and that's one of our five C's to scaling a business is get clarity on what you actually want to build. No, that's good. Because I think a lot of times people get the idea that being an entrepreneur is sexy and it's fun. It's this really cool thing you can do. But then when you get into the nitty gritty of it, it's work, it's process, it's doing boring things over and over again. Um, So with doing that, and all, so once they get the vision of what they really want to do, is this really what I'm putting myself into full time or is this a side hustle, what it is, what would be the next step that they would use to move forward to kind of guide it down that path. Yeah. 
Great question. And the first thing I always ask, and as I look at different businesses that I consult today, and when people come to me and ask me, like, how do I scale is number one, the first question is how does your business make revenue? How does your business make money? Is it through a service that you provide? Is it through products? How does your business make money today? Because there is no business that can sustain itself without revenue. So that's the first question is if I'm going to start this business, how will I make money? How will the company make money? Perfect. And then as you go along, so again, I think a lot of people get into that whole hobby stage where they think it's great and then they stop because what is it? 99% of businesses fail. I think that's mm -hmm. the statistic. How do you, in your daily life, how do you, do you like have, do you do like a lot of time blocking or how do you structure your day? Yeah, I think structuring your day is going to be dependent on what your role is in your business and what the role is in the company. And I think it changes as you start to grow. At first, you may wear all the hats. And so your your business or your, your schedule is going to look a little bit different versus when I think you're at a maturity or you're past the growth phase and you're into expansion, it's going to look a lot different because now you're having meetings around strategic partnerships or how you're moving the needle, you know, in your business. So as far as a typical, I mean, it's going to vary from, I think, depending on your industry, um, it's going to be, it's going to vary depending on what responsibilities you have on how you structure your day. But the first thing I always ask is, how does your business make money? And what, it, what are you doing every single day, whether it's automated, whether you're buying leads, it's like, how are you doing to get, what are you doing to go get clients, to go get more appointments, to go, you know, generate sales? Yeah, no. And I love that. Cause like, even in my corporate job, it's the same type of thing. I have a process that I do each day when I prospect, when I do admin, when I follow up so that I hit my needle movers and move the things forward that actually are generating revenue. I think a lot of times people get that concept of, well, this is a great idea, but if you're not generating revenue, you have a hobby, not a business. So I mean, yeah. that totally makes sense. Um, and I was looking on your page, you have an event coming up, the Play Bigger event. Did I say that mm -hmm. right? Yes. And now, is that more focused on just women or just entrepreneurs in general? We have two events that happen every single year. Um, and we, we just started it because obviously now that we, I always believe that live events change lives. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than when we had met at in Austin at George's event is that you cannot discount the conversations that you have at those events yeah. or the connections that you make. And so our first event was our play bigger event last month. And that was for real estate entrepreneurs and leaders. And then this next event we are hosting for all female entrepreneurs, all industries in September at the W in Scottsdale, Arizona. Nice. Now I always like to do this just in the middle since we're talking about it, where can they go to find out more information about that? playbiggerevent.com. And it will be an event that is um, networking, uh, playbooks. We're going to talk about business strategies, what, what trends are happening when it comes to social media, how to position yourself in, uh, for, with your business on, the, on these different platforms and what to pay attention to as the market starts to shift, as things start to shift in how consumers even buy um, you know, I think it's a different market from when we first hit with COVID to mm -hmm. today, right? I think there's a lot of people that are a little bit more skeptical. So what does that look like for your business? And how do you like lower the pressure, lower the fear so that they want to do business with you? 
Yeah, no, I love that because relationship definitely matters, especially in today's. It, it, you can't be transactional anymore. Well, I mean, no. you can for a short term and then you're going to crash and burn. Yeah. Um, so with that event, is that for like women of, that are entrepreneurs starting out all the way up to seven, six, seven, eight, nine figure? Or yeah, we it- will have a mix of women entrepreneurs. So there's going to be some people that are probably starting out. There's a lot of people that will be in that six figure, multiple six. And then we'll even have some that are in that seven and multiple seven that are, that are speaking. No, that's awesome. Well, it's kind of like the room we were in at George's event. There's people that are mm-hmm. at the beginning. There's people that are getting out of their business. And, and I love, like, that's the second event I've been to from George's. Um, I love that events are that way. Like you get mm-hmm. that connection, you get to meet people, you get to see different people's ideas and thought processes. Do you go to a lot of different events or I do. And I invest a lot in coaching. And I, if I look back at my two decades of different businesses and scaling different businesses, I always say sometimes it's never the how it's the who, and it's never the strategy that got me far. It's actually the relationships that I was able to create that got me to shorten the learning curve Mm -hmm. because I learned from other people that had already built a business. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like I've, I've only been in this game for about a year. I've been in sales 15, but like I started my coaching about a year ago and I started the podcast last June. We're in March right now or May right now. Sorry, not March. Amazing. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, and I've only been to like three events, but I've noticed those connections. I've learned more from just being in a room. And that's why, I'm, and I'm giving you all a plug. You should go to this event if you're a female. And then if you're in real estate, go to the next one when you do that as well. But being in a room with people that will, push you up or will connect with you and they know stuff you don't know. It makes perfect sense. Yep. We are all about playing bigger. And I think that the reason why we are about playing bigger is because I think anybody can think bigger, but when we play, right, there's action behind it. And if we think about when we were little kids, we were most creative when we actually got to play. So that is uh, something that I have been big on my heart. And it's my mission is to help inspire people and not only to play bigger in business, but also in life. Yeah, I love that. I love it because I think we get too caught up in the monotony or the things that are pressuring us or the life happening. And it just, it doesn't. Yeah. I love playing. Like I have a seven-year-old daughter and she's like, daddy, do you want to play? And I'm like, yeah, I do want to play. I, you yeah. have to take time to do that. And then when we bring that into business and life and we enjoy what we're doing, it makes it so much better. Yeah. And I think uh, when it comes to business, I think sometimes we build these businesses of like, let's work hard and then play later, but why can't you do both? Right. Or like, let's work hard and then retire later. I think in this day and age, I think you can do both and you can Mm -hmm. enjoy, um, when you've got some type of balance or when you actually put play in. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the whole concept behind this podcast, because most people don't typically break the hundred K barrier by themselves. Um, I think it's like, maybe 30% of people. And like, if you get to 150, it's like 10%, you get to 200,000. It is like in the top, I think 5% of income earners. And once I broke that hundred K barrier, I could breathe and I could look and say, okay, what do I want to do? Cause we went to Hawaii. We went to Florida. We went all over, we did all the fun stuff. Like, well, who can I help? What can I do now? And that's kind of like, that's where my whole mindset with this podcast has come from. And I think that's with you, like with empowering women to do things and be able to, you know, accomplish all the goals and dreams. So what books do you read? I'm assuming that you're into books as well. Most entrepreneurs, CEOs I know are book readers. Are you into books or do you? I am. I mean, there's just so many different books. So if you could pick 
two books. Like if, if I said to you, hey, I only have the ability to read two books, what two books would you, would you recommend? The two books that I think probably had the biggest impact on me, number one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, at a very young age. And it's probably why I got into real estate is because you understand the cash flow quadrant, you understand the mindset of an investor, uh, and that you, you know, from employee to investor. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my first book. And then my second book, oh gosh, that's, a. Uh, there's like so many that I would recommend today, but I think if there was one for mindset, the one that is there's two that he's written and I think they're great books and I'm just a sports mom. So I think, uh, relentless by Tim Grover and then his second book, which is called winning by Love Tim it. Grover. I think those are great mindset books. And then as far as a business book that I read this year, that I think made a tremendous impact is double, double. That one I haven't read. So it's funny when you mentioned rich dad, poor dad, that was the first entrepreneur business book I read probably 10, 15 years ago. And I just finished reading winning and I read relentless last year when it came out, love Tim Grove, like that stuff's good. So I, who wrote, who wrote double, double? Um, let me get that for you, but it's like how to double your profits in three years or less. And, um, and that's Cameron, uh, Harold. Perfect. So I will put that one on my list because the other two I've read, um, I've actually read winning a couple of times just because I like, I like, that story. I like that. I, I'm, I see myself as a cleaner. So in my mind, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. I, I have a few athletes and I was an yep. athlete myself. My husband was an athlete. So, you know, those, we take a lot of sports analogy into our coaching and into our businesses, even like the teams that we run. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That is awesome. So you have to play big event. You have your real estate, you have your coaching, What's the next step for you now? Is that like, you're just going to keep going in that pattern or is there something, anything else coming down the pipe that? Yeah. Uh, it depends on how long we have, right. For the, the podcast. But I think what's next for us is just different partnerships and different businesses. I love building. I love building businesses. If somebody's a super passionate about something, I love to see how could we scale that up? How could we play bigger? And so we've got, um, our coaching business, we've got our real estate business, we've got our investment business. We also have our retreats. Uh, we have our podcast, mm -hmm. uh, which I'd love to have you on. And, um, and I think right now for us, it's how do we continue to play bigger and impact more lives? Yeah, no, I love that. So, and, and I think you're a driver like I am, where you're always like getting stuff done, doing stuff and all. How do you take time to refresh or recoup? Because I know I deal with it. Like I literally, you're going to laugh. I schedule relax time because if I don't schedule it, I don't do it. Yeah. I think it's very important. That's probably one thing that I've learned, especially in the startup world when I had CEOs is I was very fortunate to work for some of the um, CEOs that I worked for because they opened and uh, my eyes to a lot of different things, got to work for like my first billionaire. And so I always was asking them, what does your schedule look like? How did you get here? What lessons did you learn? Mm -hmm. You know, and what I realized very quickly after you get to the seven, multiple seven, eight, nine, ten 10 figure mark is a lot of those people don't have a packed schedule. They have a lot of white space. 
They have a lot of thinking time. They make strategic moves and that's how they are able to scale even quicker and faster. So when it comes to, you know, scheduling that time to re-energize yourself, I think it is a priority. There's just different things that I do in my schedule. Um, number one is on Mondays, I call it flame work. And so I don't have anything that's scheduled Monday mornings. It's all the way. Like I start my afternoons with my key leaders and of the different companies that we oversee today and, and that I'm a part of. And so I'll have my Monday meetings with that, but during my flame work, it is every, I journal, I write down different things. I think about what is going to light me up. You know, what are things that are going to light me up and how do I continue to put more of that in my calendar? And then I have different dates with my two kiddos and my husband. Cause I feel like you need yes. that yep. um, in your schedule as well. And I like to travel a lot. And so it's probably like why we have retreats. We did one in Turks and Caicos. We'll do one nice. in Cabo this year. We'll do one in Mykonos next year. And it is, uh, yeah, it I is. Love traveling. Uh, you're like, you're speaking my language right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing that I learned in the startup world is, you know, how do you build, cause real estate is so local. How do you build a business where you can work from anywhere? in the world and, and it's not work. And so that, you know, now that I have that, it's like, I might as well travel. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing. Cause like a lot of people you see them and I'm totally cool with people having cool cars. I just don't care about cars yeah. and they'll be like, well, this car or this, and I'm not really, that's not my thing, but you've talked about, you said Mikos, which is in Greece. And you said Turk, like a bunch of things like going, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. I like, yeah, travel is like my thing. Um, I do yeah, love what you I am said all there. about experiences. And I think that you can collect things or you can collect moments and experiences. And that's what I teach my kids is that even when we are out, cause we travel a lot for their sports is we make it a point when we are out of town, which it seems like almost every weekend is we still on the back end after we take care of business, right? Cause that's, mm -hmm. they, they, they need to understand their priority, but it's like, what's our one thing that we can do to create an experience out of this beyond our games? No, I love that. I, I truly love that because I think if you're doing this and you're wanting to build your business and build your dream, don't build your business and your dream and leave your family behind and not have the experiences and not do things. Cause what's the point of that? Mm -hmm. There's just no point there at yeah. all. But I love that you mentioned a few other things like, you have a date night that you do with your husband, which is great. Martha and I trade that you do stuff with the kids. You, you, you schedule time for yourself to refresh. You do things that light your fire to get you fueled and ready for the day. Like I do walks and I do like stillness practices for like, 10, I can do 10 minutes. I can't do past that. But Yes. Same. I have some self-care stuff where I do spa. I do journaling. I do breath work. Yep. You know, I meditate. I set intentions. So I think all of those are necessary for if you want to get, I think if I want to get the best out of me so that I can pour into other people. Yeah. Well, and I realized like, cause I agree with you. I realized it's like, if I don't, then I'm not showing up hundred percent for them. And then I'm not doing what I'm saying. And, and it comes back. And I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think, oh, we can just push, 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 but you have to have the both. Like, I, I think I heard it on George's podcast, but there was the Olympian coach. And he goes, they only train 70% a day. So that at a, at go time, they can be a hundred percent. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's really good. 
That's yeah. really good. So what other words of wisdom, thoughts do you have for my listeners? What haven't uh, we covered? That what? What haven't we covered? Mm. Um, I think that the best entrepreneurs out there ha- have looked at their challenges as opportunities. And when we fail, I always say fail faster because those are lessons and those are only feedback. And, you know, you're going through it for a special reason. It's probably preparing you for your next level. Oftentimes we get stuck or we hit a ceiling and we forget that some of the failure moments, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a feedback thing. And it's, you can build something even better by the feedback that you just got. No, I love that. Yeah. I've learned more from failing than I have from uh, succeeding. Mm -hmm. And then I've also learned that a no now to me isn't a no actually to me all the time. Sometimes it's just maybe a no, not at the moment. Yes. And I think if we can get that in our heads, then we don't feel sad about it. We don't get upset and it works out well. Yep. Agree. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate you. Oh, where can people find you? I know we talked about the event, but where can they find you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I spend majority of my time probably on Instagram. That's our platform of choice today. Um, and you can find me at it's Raquel Q, uh, I-T-S before Raquel, R-A-Q-U-E-L-Q. And happy to connect with all of you that, you know, may have a question, may want to pop in and say hi. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to the 150K podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Please share this with someone that needs this message. And if you go and comment, like, and rate the podcast, it can get out to more people. And until next time, go have fun and play.